two weeks since we talked Belgravia, the next chapter, because they took off uh, last week because of the Super Bowl, but we're back talking episode five of Belgravia, the next chapter. Uh, we're going to be following up on James' visit to the bathhouse. What's going on with that whole deal? Are Frederick and Claire, are they going to get along this week? I don't know. We'll see. And what is the Mar- Marquise up to? She's always up to something. We'll see about that and more this week on the Lord's Grant the Podcast. My blood runs cold. My memory has just been sold. My angel is the cynical. Angel is the cynical. We are back after a week of uh, dueling couples. Back on the Belgravia train, Corey. What is going on? I think a lot is going on, Dave. And uh, yeah, we can we can get into it. <laughs> um, a lot, but, a, a lot of wink, wink, nudge, nudge this past week. Well, well, let's do with the one thing that's not wink, wink, nudge, nudge at the uh, Baftas this year. Um, mm-hmm. On the red carpet, we had the reunion of uh, Ross and Demelza. We had Aiden Turner yes. and uh, Eleanor Tomlinson on the red carpet together. So for fans of Poldark, we got them back together, the main couple. And they looked happy. And that's a show that there's a big... And I only realized this once we started covering it, that the Twitter response, there's a lot of bring back Poldark Twitter people. Oh, I don't think it ever, it ever went away. Because that last season was so unsatisfying for everyone all around. I think they're they're all in and, and bringing it back. There's more books in the series. Why not? Uh-huh. Um, it's just a matter of when. Because I think there's a, a time gap in some of the books. So we'll see. That would be huge. I mean, we'll get to the obviously yeah. everyone everyone listening to this knows what we're referring to. But imagine if Belgravia came back. This show gets renewed. For mm-hmm. another season, Gilded Age is still going. Poldark gets brought back, and the rumors are a buzz, and they're being nudge nudged along by none other than Lady mm-hmm. Carnarvon herself. Down Abbey season seven seems probable at this point. I I don't know how to how to react to this. So, Daily Mail reported this on February fourteenth on Valentine's Day that. They have started secretly filming a new series of Downton Abbey uh, at High Clear Castle. Uh, the idea would be that it would air on ITV, where it originally aired uh, later this year. Um, a source close to the Daily Mail said that filming has been going on for a few weeks now. It is all very, very secretive. There are people working on it who have never uh, seen secrecy like it. And those working on the set have been made to sign non-disclosure agreements so they don't give the game away. But there's a lot of excitement at the return of Downton. The the thing is again, this is always the always reliable Daily Mail that's reporting this. Uh huh. I I need a little bit more than that to to go on. I don't want to get my hopes up more than that. So you're saying Lady Carnarvon posting about like I know something you don't know is not even more fuel to the fire? I mean that's just free publicity for for High Clear Castle to say like hey there may be something filming here or not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know just gas people up to, to get excited. But, I mean, for a company like ITV, where, where it would be airing, or whoever's producing this, it's in their best interest to announce this kind of thing and get people excited to, you know, influence their stock, get, get mm-hmm. you know, people buying stock, or, or just, you know, thinking there's, there's value on the way. To start filming secretly without any kind of announcements or anything is just strange to me in terms of how they do things in, in Hollywood or in London or wherever. <laughs> There's usually some, uh, you know, announcements. It doesn't just be well, like, maybe, oh, hey, maybe the because they've been filming, the announcement can be substantial. The announcement can be a teaser, like a shot footage. They could reuse footage of High Clear Castle any which way they want without having to shoot new footage. Well, um, I mean, footage of Hugh Bonneville and Michelle Dockery and all the the famous. Our favorite friends. I mean, we'll see who's coming back. I well, it's it's not clear how much the cast is returning. That that is one thing they they know. It, it's all incredibly under wraps if it is true. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, do you think too? I mean, because Julian took on co-writing duties for the second season of Gilded Age. He's working like crazy if he's doing if he produced Down Abbey scripts. At the same time of having a hand in Gilded Age, like 
he wasn't even doing this at his peak when it was just him alone on Downton Abbey. Like, yeah, he definitely it, did drop the ball. I mean, it's still one of the best shows, best period dramas of our time, but there's no denying that the, the back end of Downton Abbey is a bit of a slog in many ways. And he's 74 going on 75, and I'm just saying it's, it's a lot on his plate <laughs> to have all these plates spinning right now. I, I just... I'm just dubious. I, I need something more official than what they've given us so far. The Daily Mail <laughs> saying that it's it's coming around. And also, like another season, like I could do with another. I mean, I guess Sex in the City did two movies in a return season. Well, I think just economically, it makes more sense. You, you see that with the first movie, it made close to two hundred million dollars. The uh-huh. second movie made about half that amount, and, and so you can only finance these movies so far as that they'll return a profit. And so I think it makes sense, especially with the way revivals have been going on lately. It's, it used to be like, Oh, we'll make a movie. Now it's like, no, we can bring it back as a TV show. Cause there's an audience that will watch it as a TV show. So it makes sense if that's the, the route that they're going to yeah, go. Yeah. Especially with the, the speed in which some things go to streamers. Why not drag everybody along for, two months and get constant hits and, and visits to your homepage right. instead of just once. I guess it makes sense. I There's more value in streaming these days than uh, just pure box office, at least when it comes to like these TV properties. Uh, yeah. The, the box office of new era was $92 million. Uh, was the 92.7. Uh, it was 40 million. So it, it, you know, it broke even uh, theoretically at the box office. Um, but compared to the first movie, like that one made a hundred ninety four point seven million dollars. So, well, I mean, also, and, and we we pre- don't need to spend a lot of time litigating the Downton Abbey box office numbers. But Downton Abbey two did come out in COVID era, so people right. were less inclined to go to the theaters. Twenty twenty two. Although, I mean, twenty twenty two. By that point, I think we were all coming back around to like, uh, you know, we can we can go see some movies and stuff. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think there was, and, and and again, this is going into the weeds. I think there's a COVID brain that for certain people, you know, stopped going to the movies for COVID and just never went back. Right. And I think that's fair. That's a lot more people than would care to admit. Even movie fans might be like, yeah, I don't really go anymore. I was avid in going back to the, to the movies. And then some at some point over the past six months, I've, well, I've just been really busy, but I just kind of haven't had the time and nor the interest as much to, mm-hmm. to catch things in theaters. Um I'll come back around, but yeah. Anyways, Downton, maybe we'll see if it comes back or not. I'm. I need. I need definitive proof in either direction. So right now, I'm leaning towards we're probably getting something. Yeah, it could be a special, maybe a Christmas special. I could see that. I could see that maybe not meriting the huge like, oh, Downton Abbey's back. It's more mm-hmm. like here's something. You're fed. <laughs> to wet your whistle for a little bit. We'll make movie exactly. three at some point or another special. Do they call the next season of Downton Abbey, Downton Abbey the next chapter? No. <laughs> they already did they a new keep era. calling it, well, a new era. I could see Downton Abbey the new era. Or the new chapter? The, the next era? <laughs> Just some combination. Gilded yeah. Age next season will be Gilded Age the new chapter. The next, the next era. Yeah. Or do they just go Downton Abbey, uh, colon, Belgravia? Hey. <laughs> Just bring never it all know. together. Dr. Thorne yeah. comes to Downton Abbey. Just all the fellows of it all. Absolutely. So let's get into Belgravia season one episode, or season two, but the next chapter, season one, whatever you want to call this. We're beyond mm. the halfway mark. Last we checked in with this crew. I mean, is there any, do, do, we don't even really need to, it's been a week. We took a week off. Well, because yeah. they took a week off for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Do you, like, are you saying like should we should remind people where we're at? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I think they, between the intro and the fact that you watched this episode, no one's coming into this blind. Um, yep. Where do we want to start this one? Um, just tackle some of the low hanging fruit. Yeah. Do what's the lowest of? There's no. Uh, let, let's say there's no wine pilferer. There's no. Yeah, no pilfering this week. There's nothing and, about and, the. Yeah. And right doesn't have much of a follow up. Nope. Uh, I, is yeah. Is there any? There there is one piece of low hanging fruit. I just can't remember because it was so small. 
Uh, well, we have the situation with uh, Nell is kind of a low hanging fruit situation. Oh wait, wait, Peter, the the, the son of the the Duchess and Duke and Duchess, he's being reintroduced <laughs> to, to children. Yeah, excuse me, I, I'm sorry that I coughed because I was inhaling. <laughs> and considering how much I want this to be a lot, it's really not a lot this week. With the, with the Rutches? The, I mean, not the Rutches. Yeah, the, the Duke Rochesters. and Duchess, like this, you know, we had so much time in the previously on, they focused on Peter. This mm-hmm. week, it's just a bunch of kids playing outside in the field, and it up rolls a carriage with Dr. Ellerby, and out comes Peter, and they're like, Peter, Peter! And then they just <laughs> dance around, and that's all we get. And yeah. then later on in the episode, the Duchess said she's the, she's the happiest she's ever been. There we go. They're back, <laughs> as if we cared. Because uh, it really is the transformation with the Duke that is the most interesting piece here. Can he become a good father? Because uh, we see repeatedly there's just bad fathers abound on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, I thought of what the lowest hanging fruit was. It took me a minute. Ross, the, the, the financier <laughs> of, uh, of Frederick. Yeah, his he, boy, his, his business partner. Yeah, with his, the, the, the thickest, soap. Yeah, the thickest of beards. He, he's downstairs just uh, saying hello to the staff, and he passes by Miss Enright. And yet again, this guy is flirting with this lady. And again, I, I it's I don't think this is, this is beyond flirting. This is like weird domination. Like, you know you like me. <laughs> yeah, he, he gives her a bar of soap of the kind that he knows she likes. And Lavender. he tells her specifically, when you use it and you're in the tub, think of me. Think of your boy. And I got to go. Peace. (laughs) Deuce. Yeah. And it's quite striking because you never see like the age gap like this on these shows. I mean, I like it. It's it's cool. But you never see this where it's quite clear that the man is is younger here. And Uh she's of a lower stature. And she's married. And he's like, I don't care. I'm I'm here for Miss Enright. I love it. Well, I mean, he definitely seems to belong downstairs, you know? It's not like he's coming in through the front door. Well, sure, because he's a worker for the, for the house, just like everyone else in some ways. He's just of a higher stature in terms of his job. And also, if you Google, you know, I'm on um, Ellie Piercy, Mrs. Enright's IMDb. She does look older, but just with her hair down, she looks significantly younger than she does in the show. So maybe... Let her hair down, and all of a sudden it's like, wait a, but, wait a second. Yeah, maybe that's what, he, that's what he knows. That's what he likes. Yeah, they're on an even playing field suddenly. But that was the lowest of the low-hanging fruit, and they did make a concerted effort to just linger on that. Like, when you th- use that soap, think of me. <laughs> okay, brother. That's, that's why I think this, this show is playing a long game, because we don't set this table on the back half of the season with a plot that has yet to even really touch on evolution mm-hmm. unless they're jonesing to bring these folks back. Possibly. Do we get a scene of we'll her see. using the... Do we get a scene of her using the, the soap and thinking of him? No. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I could see Mr. Enright finding the soap. Oh, yeah. And then he starts using it and thinking of Ross. Sure. <laughs> we don't know his secret. It's like, he smelled like my boy, my friend Ross, I see. Yeah, that's the only way to attract his wife. Uh, all right, so that is going on. Mm-hmm. Which direction do we want to bounce in now? Let's just talk about Nell because it's not too much. Okay. So we see our boy. I mean, this also ties into the Reverend, which we'll spend more time with later. But he's feeling all guilt-ridden about his trip to the bathhouse. Yeah. And our girl, Emily, busts into Nell's bedroom, her quarters, and looks in her locket to see um, like a lock of hair. Yeah, she's trying to figure out what she's hiding in that locket. And as mm-hmm. you said, it's hair. And then she baby goes hair. to the... Yeah. Well, hair, hair, yeah. She assumes she it's goes, baby hair. She goes to talk to the reverend about it. And he's like so wrapped up in his own head that he's just like, shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> she's like, yeah. don't you think this is... There's a secret we need to know. She's hiding stuff from us. And he's like, what would God do? Like WWJD, lady. Yeah. I mean, and Emily's assuming a lot. Like she says, she's well educated. She's probably highborn, and and James is saying, "I got so much, so many other things going on." <laughs> I'm so I'm hungover. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, 
there's obviously more than meets the eye with, with Nell, but James doesn't have the time of it. He time for it. He's just here if she needs him. And Emily, but the thing is, Emily is still just like, there's something up with this woman. I can't, I can't trust her. Yeah, and, it, and, and it seems like her, she's she's kind of doing it to get a rise out of James, James because she still has a, the hots for him. Yeah, she she wants the attention. And so she comes home, and Nell is soaking her mom's feet, and we get extended shots of uh, of Mrs. Dunn's feet. If you're a feet person, you you are. <laughs> Ozzy Whitworth would be episode. in love with this episode of the show. <laughs> oh my lord! I don't know why they had a shot just lingering that long on her feet. It was too much. Uh, I mean, her feet are swollen, um, and, and and so that's a that's a big thing too. It's like you're really going to linger on these feet that don't look particularly swollen, but you're telling us they're mm-hmm. swollen. Anyways, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nell leaves the room, and. Emily makes the case to her mother. I think that that girl's up to something. There's something off with her. She's she's not telling us the truth. Yeah. And so that you know, Miss Dunn says, just just don't worry about it. Like she's she's taking care of my feet. Don't bother me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm an old lady. I can't bend down. <laughs> yeah. So she confronts Emily. Confronts her, and so what you call it? Nell tells her. Yeah, I had a child. She died. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Bye. Uh, and, and you can see on Emily's face, she feels so stupid. Like, how could she have, you know, been so insensitive? Yeah. Emily just Emily is, uh, you know, I was saying that there's a softening to her character, but I don't think, I take that back. I think she's a buffoon. Yeah, even the way she says, like, you'll never leave here. You'll, you can always stay, be here, whatever. The look that, uh, Nell gives her is one of just who f you 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 just looked through all my stuff I'm not uh, going to yeah, like, I don't know how I want to be around you you freak yeah so great job Emily you, you, ma- you handled that one like a pro yeah <laughs> now I guess th- I, I feel like the Reverend probably is the next talking point because I feel like the rest of the sh- episode bleeds together sure yeah. So as we said earlier, in reference to what we just talked about with Emily and Nell, the Reverend is feeling guilty about this situation with him going to the bathhouse and then the guy standing in the back of the, the church staring at him. So he gets a letter and we see he's paranoid because mm-hmm. there's a knock on the door and he's like, oh my God, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And his maid is like, oh, it was just the guy across the street lost his lo- lost his dog. Oh, but by the way, I left this in my pocket. I'm so sorry. And it's a blackmail note. Yeah. Now, he's so anxious about it. He puts it down, picks it back up. Got to read it. And, yeah, this man is extorting him for cash, which, again, another queer character on one of these shows uh, being guilted <laughs> for their uh, needing to be in the closet. So... We see him confront this man. Does not have a Russian accent, unfortunately. I wish he did, but he does. But it's not. It's not. We don't get a full body shot of the guy. No, I don't think this it's, is. It's not the guy that ushered him into the room. It's for, the first show. Yeah, for a show that has such so much natural lighting and is you know has some nice set pieces outside and everything. This is so clearly uh, on a set <laughs> with uh-huh. the lighting coming down. It looks so fake. Um, because the guy is wearing a top hat. You can't even really see his face. But he, he's saying, like, <laughs> if you think you can get away with us, or you think you're going get, to get away from me, it ain't happening. He's like, you had yourself a real good time that I. <laughs> and he's, like, slapping his chest, slathering his chest, like, yeah. He's ready to fight. <laughs> and the Reverend's like, yeah. I need you to promise me you won't do this again. He's like, what would I do something like that? <laughs> do you... Do you <laughs> Do you think this guy is just going around in bathhouses deliberately seeking out these people who may be in the closet just so he can just blackmail all of them? And I mean, he's like, I bet there's a racket in it. But he also I'm didn't sh- make it. I, I believe is it the Reverend that says to him like it's difficult for our for people like us to do this. So it's not like the guy's uh, yeah. like the the uh, what's his name in Gilded Age Oscar, the guy who just mm-hmm. beat up Oscar. Right. You know, he's he's here to just shake these guys down. He's probably having a good time at the bathhouse. I'm just curious what this guy's reputation is where you can't smear it and say, like, this guy, he was hobnobbing yeah, the guy in the bathhouse. He's he's out there saying, I just have to do what I have to do. But the thing is, like, who's going to believe, 
so like if someone were to say this guy he's he's slobbering over there he, he he's got it all over his face and then versus the priest who's just one of the the people named like I think they're going to be like, okay, well... Yeah, this is not a situation where you want to be the whistleblower because you have to tell us how you knew to blow that whistle. Right, just and get someone else to blow the whistle. But just don't let it so it points the finger back to the priest. And also, if- with all, all due respect to this situation, anybody who, who knows about religion knows that mm-hmm. these priests live in basically poverty. Like, they're put up in a house yeah. where they have, like, the bare minimum. They don't really get a living wage. The church pays for their house. You're shaking down a guy who has nothing. He's giving like, them Eucharist. <laughs> like, I mean, hey, yeah, that might be the way in. But like, why pick him? You give right, him like all, all the money he has. He has not. Yeah, he has nothing left. Well, I'm sure he had a good time, <laughs> as the guy said. Uh, Dave, does this end the harassment though? No. <laughs> he, gets he gets another, another letter. letter. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine his face in the dark. My God. I'm broke. You had a good time, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. Once. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm beating myself up about this. Yeah, I'm paying you enough. Can we just at least do it again if I'm paying you this much? Yeah, like, can we go steady? I'll, I'll give you a... All right, you know, fine. Again. We can do you it can again. Just, yeah, just let me keep extorting you. We'll do it one more time. Fine. Uh, Could be the solution to all their problems. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um... But yeah, James is taking it hard. I'm just so mystified by this plot line because the first three episodes were suggesting this entire drama in his life, stemming from his, you know, isolation from his brother and, and, and you know, just not being able to be with his family and stuff. And it's just like, no, it's this whole other stuff. And I'm still just trying to reconcile that with what came before. <laughs> it just, mm-hmm. obviously they can be tied together, but they just, it seems like such whiplash still to me. <laughs> this is where we're going with James. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it, we can see where it's going to go. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. all roads lead to James and, and Frederick reconciling and there being some sort of positive ending there. But I don't think it's I don't think it's a positive ending where like Frederick is like, I understand your affliction or whatever they call, you know, like in Downton, yeah. what they called Barrow. Does this all come I, to a head in the in the bathhouse? Frederick and, and James resolving their trauma while those guys there. <laughs> yeah, they, they team up with the other guy, the guy who waved him into the room. They're like, we need to bust some heads. Yeah, yeah. meanwhile, a guy just stands in the background with his, his butt blurred out. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Julian wouldn't sign on to the season. He's like, no, no nudity on my show. Too, too many bathhouses. Okay. Um, all right, That that's pretty much James for this week. Yes, indeed. So it really comes back to Frederick and Clara driving mm-hmm. everything, as it should. And, and, you know, they did pretty well in terms of their rankings on our uh, Power Love uh, challenge from last week. And this if this episode had aired before we had done that, I would even knock them a peg lower. They are just not doing too well here, Dave. They're not in sync. Mm-mm. Not but at all. But this episode, they're getting played. Oh, yeah. Marquise is evil, man. I, I don't. I don't. I, she's bad news. This is a really. I mean, so this episode kind of centers around the Marquise having a ball. Yeah, she an is, actual formal ball. She's not having a, the time of her life. She's having a ball she's, at the ball. Yeah, you can you can do both things. It's possible. So we see that our boy Frederick really wants in on this silver mine, mm-hmm. and he tells Ross that. You know, we need to make this money. We want, I want to sell a chunk of the foundry. And Ross is like, "You are crazy! Like, don't do this. You have yeah. You, this is you're hugely over, profitable. You're already overextended to this current foundry. <laughs> like, the, but it is funny. We joked about it. This is how you make it Abercrombie and Fitch, man. Abercrombie and mm-hmm. Fitch. <laughs> Get them to show up. Fitch. Bring Fitch in, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you do start to worry about Frederick. Like, he's really putting himself in a vulnerable vulnerable position here if he doesn't have the funds to to do both things we i think he's it's he's like a he has like fomo Mm -hmm. he wasn't included in this opportunity he feels like he deserves to be included in this opportunity but he has no way you know he doesn't have an in he just wants to prove that he can be in yeah he wants to be where the big boys play but he is a big boy. He's got generational wealth, and he has this. He's foundry. got big boy diapers. He needs to yeah. get, get off the, the diapers and 
getting some long johns. Yep. Uh, but you know, he he still is at least wise enough to tell Ross. Well, I need the Marquis to approach me first about this. I, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, as much as I want to sell off my parts of my foundry and everything, I don't want to go into this being like, no, let's do this. I want her to come to me. Yeah. Power play. But, but? this dummy, <laughs> he, he goes to his wife. He apologizes about the other night, as he always does, and says, Let, let's be good again. Let's be happy. Yeah. You know. And so they're okay, but but in their moment of happiness, it's like they have nothing to talk about. So he says... Oh yeah, there's a silver mine in Mexico that I'm really interested in. He's, uh, I'm part of the reason, and, and it is a legitimate reason why he's been occupied is because he thought he impressed the Marquise. He said, "I did a great yeah. job with the foundry. You're impressed with me. You like my wife. Why? Why not?" So like you can tell, like yeah. he is very money oriented, and that's bothering him. So well, it tra- you know it tracks that it's on his mind, but he really is. Speaking out of turn, especially because his wife is friends with the Marquise. And the moment he says this to her, you know they're only doing this because she's going to reveal this information at a, a phase where she's not supposed to. Because there's mm-hmm. just no reason or rationale for rationale for him to share this other than they have nothing to talk about. Um, well, yeah, because yeah. they still have yet to fully resolve everything between them. They're just sort of saying that they intend to, but they don't, they're not there yet. And, and maybe because I've binged six episodes of love is blind yesterday but i'm getting strong love is blind vibes uh from uh frederick and clara where you know it's a borderline shotgun wedding between the two and now Uh they're finding they they don't have that much in common and it's the kind of thing where when you don't have much in common there's not much to talk about and then when you do find something to talk about it just leads to an argument and that's all there is (laughs) yeah i feel like we're finding here love is not blind it sees yeah, but these two. I mean, I think these. It's it's just this lack of communication and this lack of a shared goal. Yes. So we see, uh, Clara. Well, Clara's episode starts with a poetry reading. Oh with, my lord! With our boy Doctor Ellerby mm-hmm. talking about death and and the poem by Mary Shelley. Perry, and it's making uh, Clara Percy Shelley. Percy Shelley. He's the okay. He's the, Husband of Mary Shelley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they yes, um, and Clara's in there bawling like a baby at this poem. Mm-hmm. In this hipster, it, house. it really cries hipster. <laughs> oh yeah, we got like a single mother in one room, and then all these artists in the other room, mm-hmm. and beatnecks. Oh boy, and. So we see that she she's sitting in her corridors hanging out and she gets a, a package from the doctor, which is a volume of poems with a note that's like, in case you needed to remember. Mm-hmm. And Clara is not a dope. No. She takes the, the card and throws it immediately in the fire. We Asterisk that, though. She's not a dope. But she does plenty of dumb things. Because <laughs> Miss yeah, Davison, yeah. at the book reading, um, what you call it, the, the mother of that, that child says, do you want to go in there or partake or anything? And, da- da- and Davison's like, I know better. Nope, not going to do it. Yep. <laughs> Ain't going to do it's it. It's already killing her. It's already breaking her. Mm-hmm. Did poor Miss Davison. This week she's just getting dragged along. Oh, yeah. And she senses it the whole time, too. She has that conversation with Fletcher where she's like, you know, if you sense something's going wrong, should you say something or bring it up? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. That, that's a risky game right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do it at your own risk. Because uh, it really is trying Dav- Davison's patience here to try and do her job. But at the same time, she clearly sees that Claire is putting herself in positions that are compromising to her faithfulness to Frederick. Yeah, and just her reputation in general. She's going to a bad part of town. Yeah. Bad apartment. Putting herself out there. So, back to where we were in the timeline. Clara quickly disposes of this card from the the good doctor. Mm -hmm. As the Marquise comes to visit. And the Marquise and Clara have a conversation about Frederick. Yeah, Marquise specifically wants to talk to Clara about about him. 
And she just says, she starts putting little whispers in his ear that, in Clara's ear that, you know, he's out there, you know, once the marriage is going, he starts going to his club too late. This is just how men behave. And Clara's like, no, 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 it's, we're in a good spot. And she goes, are you sure about that? And Clara gives the first hints to the Marquise that not everything is uh, perfect in paradise there. And uh-huh. so, yeah, it, it's already kind of turning. And that's where Marquise gives that advice. And it's kind of... It's baseless. It, 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 it's that toxic friendship thing where it's just like, you see, you have a friend who's in a relationship and you're telling him, that's a bad relationship for you. It's going to be that way. Just deal with it. It's like, okay, you don't know the in, in, inner workings of this relationship. Keep your opinions to yourself. Thank you. No, but is, is this the point where she says to Clara, go have your own fun? Yeah. So yeah. she's basically saying like, look, he's out there cheating. You go out there and cheat. Yeah. D- do what you got to do. This is, I mean... Uh, we knew Marquise was up to something, but this is some dastardly stuff. Yeah, it's not. It's not okay. And, and that's when Clara says, "Like, no, things are fine though." He's really excited about that silver mine with him in Mexico. And Marquise is like, "Oh, is he?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and thanks, Clara. Th- thanks for muddying the the waters there. Now, do we keep down the Clara train while we're on it? I mean, they're, they're all go. It's all twofold. Um, because, I mean, when does she tell Frederick again? Like, oh, yeah, I met with the Marquise. And I told her about oh, that yeah. Mexico investment. And he's just like, oh, my God, why did you do that? He's like, you shouldn't. And in fairness, he doesn't lose his cool. He just no. is very not thrilled about it. Right. Because he, he can see the way things are going. And he's smart enough to be like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and is this when he also tells her, too? Or... They have a moment in bed, too, at night where he tells her that he wasn't so happy about her Dutch ditching him on the, the Duke and Duchess. I think so, I think he's trying. He just has a tough time. Yeah. And I think she really did put him in. I, I think that she... This is a, a very Demelza Poldark situation. Like, she went way ahead of what she should have done with the brother. Mm-hmm. But she's also not recognizing that and trying to atone for that. She's just being like, yeah. hey, well, you're being mean to me. I mean, and I'm not saying uh, he's right. I'm not saying that he's right. a gentleman and, and a super kind guy. He, he's holding the grudge too long. But the two of them are just like, they both want the same outcome. Neither is working towards it. I think both of them uh, need a, a marriage therapist or counselor. Because uh, yeah. they, they got what it takes potentially, but they need someone to, you know, iron out the, the conversations here. They need a mediator. <laughs> yes, Dr. Ellerby. No, no, <laughs> not at all. The Marquise, not it either. Maybe, maybe Ross. Maybe well, not the Duchess either. Yeah, definitely not the Duchess either. Uh, but yeah, he he tells her like you know, there's this ball that the Marquise is throwing. So you know, please come for that at least. Can I expect you to be yeah, there? Yeah, I that? need you there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he doesn't know what she is uh, getting up to though with this LRB, uh groupies and everything because. After, because uh, it's pretty much, I think, directly after the Marquis suggests, you know, go live your life, do your thing. She had been offered to be painted by his friend there. And uh-huh. this is when she goes back and says, yeah, yeah. Dearden. Yeah, Dearden, let, paint me, do it. And he goes, oh, I already found a subject for that, but I can paint you in another painting. And she goes, okay. And it sounds like a more scandalous painting, too, where the other one was just like sitting on a couch. This one is like straight up Aphrodite. Well, that was the painting that I think that had like Ellerby modeling as the dancer guy. Mm-hmm. And I was certain that they were going to paint Clara into that to start stir- stirring the pop. And maybe that'll come later, but has yet to arrive. But yeah. we see that she is getting into her costume and she has to remove her corset. Mm-hmm. And Davison is in the other room like, oh my God, this is too much for me. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here? And then Ellerby walks in. And it's like... He had to have planned this. There's no other way for him to have been in the same room at the same time that she had just removed her corset. And yeah, maybe I guess my my thing is like Ellerby is definitely has bad intentions. That's a, you know clear as day. Yeah. But did Dearden and the rest of the little hipster crew are they all sort of trying to help Ellerby seduce this married woman? Because that's the thing is, sometimes Ellerby gives this look to the camera where he's just like, 
she's married. Nothing's going to happen. Stop, stop doing, going forward with this. But he is getting so many assists from all his friends. How can all these people feel comfortable about trying to wreck a marriage? It's, it's uh-huh. crazy to me. <laughs> well, they're all but, idealists. Like, they don't care about the, the... I could also see them all trying to fleece her. Yeah. That there's a cash cow that it likes what we do. Let's make some money off of her and then screw her. You know, like, our boy here will sleep with her destroy her life and then she's rich so it won't really matter and we'll live on as we do right reminds me of uh maud beaton in uh gilded age like this mysterious person who just destroys rich people and maybe leaves yeah there's absolutely that uh well hey dave that's a good uh reminder of Another small plot line is Maude uh, says hello to Claire around this period of time while she's oh, trying yeah. on these dresses. <laughs> and M-A-W-D. <laughs> yeah. And she's, uh, you know, interested in, in stuff. And Claire asks her, can you read or write? And she says, no. Well, I can help you. A little by little, I'll help you read and write. Always got to have that see, subplot. <laughs> Clara Clara does the thing that Queen Charlotte does, that Demelza Poldark does, that every new in town wife does and it's try to be equal with the people below you yeah exactly she's a and we see Maude is thrilled about it and mr bottle pilferer is like you seem happy yeah like, yes i am see you Absolutely. next week i'm belgrave <laughs> was that the 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 bottle pilferer he looked too tall i think he had a uh, wig on too right I don't know. He did enjoy that bread, though. They really did show him, like, scrounging up some bread from the table. Anyways, back to Claire and Frederick, though. So, as we were saying, though, she get, she's getting painted, though, and LRB sees, sees her. And I think there's an exchange with Davison where it's like, you know, I'm, she says, like, I'm barely even seeing Because it's around this time that Davison decides to, like, tell her what she's thinking, you know, while she's getting ready uh-huh. for this. And, and Claire's like, I know what I'm doing. I'm doing fine. And she says, he's seen all of you already, which... I get, you know, the importance of wearing a corset and what that hides, but he didn't really see much if that was all that was, you know. I mean, <laughs> for that time, he saw everything. It was a big old draping dress, but yeah, no, I get it. So, anyways, uh, Davison says her piece, but it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're going to go to this ball. Yeah, and Clara gets this dress made. That is a absolute stunner. Mm-hmm. I believe they say that. Yeah, she's going through pictures and chooses that one specifically because she wants to get attention that he's been denying her this whole time. Mm-hmm. And so they do that. And it is, and she goes through and she picks the, she, she looks great. You know, like she's beautiful. Harriet Slater looks it, it again. This this reminds me of Demelza Poldark doing what she would do every time they would go to an event, like really showing out to the point that, um, what's the old dude's name? That's uh, he's like, I need three dances with you, Lord. Oh my God, Lord Netherby, Netherberry. Yeah. He's like, I need. I gotta get a shot at that. And you you can see that Claire is just like. Oh man, I didn't want to attract this kind of attention. I was not looking. It's for like that. too late, lady. <laughs> yeah, you look too good. This is how it goes. Uh, and so, yeah, she notices though that Frederick is busy talking to the Duchess. And, and yeah, they're, they're talking oh, about Peter. How how her disabled son is finally getting out, and, and how happy they are. They're just yucking the Mar- it up. And the Marquise is like, he's sleeping with her. Yeah. <laughs> In case you didn't and then know. she's like, "Yeah, yeah, I agree." Yep. Uh, which, yeah, comes out of nowhere. But sure, these people have been friends for life. They're all married up and everything. Yes, they, they want to ruin their lives. Uh, but she's busy uh, dancing, and she notices that he gets jealous of her dancing with the old man instead of having the first well, dance with him. We we did also glaze over a conversation had between. The Marquise and and Fred before the the gala. Is it before? I thought it was right after. Yeah, it's before. Okay. And and basically, the Marquise 
tells Frederick when they're and he you know Fred apologizes for speaking out of turn about the silver mine and the Marquise is like look I just got to see you know like I just didn't want to include you because I didn't want you to be over overextended oh and by the way regarding Clara you got to tighten up that ship like you mm-hmm. need to put her in line yeah and the whole conversation is basically telling so she's already told Clara go sow your wild oats yep and then she tells Frederick put a leash on her basically she's I'm just so confused by the Marquise's angle because in the same breath she's also telling Frederick she was watching out for him to not because uh, she knew he would overextend himself if he were to get involved with the silver mine so in some mm-hmm. regards she is watching out for him but it's just like what is going on Marquise like what do you want <laughs> with him here um, do you just like to see couples just go to tra- fall trash like yours I, I don't get it yeah yeah I mean, I guess the angle is maybe she's trying... I think she's trying to get all this money from him and weaken him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sort of break him from the inside out for whatever reason. She never didn't seem evil, but now she seems... She seems dastardly. That's the word I keep coming back to because... I don't know. Like, what does she gain from this? Does she care about people? Is she just a sociopath? Possibly. <laughs> But that, yeah, yes, I mean, we she, are at, she really does seem to get her kicks off that stuff. Mm-hmm. We're at this ball, and not too much happens at the ball itself, right? Well, doesn't like uh, it's not Napoleon, but it's like his son, maybe. Like, who who is the Napoleon comes in? I I I don't they don't they don't say Napoleon Bonaparte. No, because he's long dead by this point. <laughs> um, but, but it they is do connect. high rank in Napoleon. Yeah. Some French officer. It's like, okay, thanks for letting us know that he's here. Listeners, this is where our lack, my per, my lack of history knowledge comes in. What Napoleon is it? I don't know. It's not the Napoleon, but it is kind of funny to think it's not that, Joaquin. Like, they they understood. Yeah, it's not Joaquin Phoenix. They they understood that my audiences may not pick up who this figure is. Maybe just mention him since we paid this actor to show up and everything. But we don't need to spend mm-hmm. too much time on this guy here. But we see this this Napoleon, this this uh, whatever whoever he is, mm-hmm. is very deeply involved in the silver mine, but doing so sort of anonymously to make the most money and avoid controversy. Yeah. Uh, and so, but they're angry at the end of this party. I think is the big thing. Clara and, yeah. and Frederick are back to not being on civil terms. They uh, do get a... Frederick gets a letter as he's walking out from the Marquis, which is basically saying, let's do the silver mine. Yep. And I just have a bad feeling about this for him. Because <laughs> he's yeah. got so many warnings to not go ahead with this. Now, hopefully and, this isn't a, like a Gilded Age repeat where he loses all the money or he borrows more than he can stand and it's a total bust mm-hmm. like it it seems to me like uh, either he gets out by the skin of his teeth or he does wind up losing a ton of money yeah but There's i'm not i'm not too fond of it being so similar to the gilded age something's gonna humble him yeah uh, um but yeah just gotta figure out what the marquise is doing uh uh-huh. but she, in their argument there at the end, Clara does appeal to Frederick, though, to try and be kinder to his brother. Like, that's all I was trying to do in the first place. You ignored me. This is what you get. And so that's what it is. It's just like it does seem to get through to him a little bit. Like maybe there – it just seems like he's thinking about it at least. Like mm-hmm. maybe I was too rash with, you know, her bringing my brother into the picture and everything. And I don't know. Maybe there's a revisit to, to – happen yeah we got we got two more three more episodes that that is the thing i started thinking about this we have three more episodes so they got to start picking up the pace we have Mm -hmm. the one last thing in this episode but this was a glacially paced episode for me at least oh especially following last week yeah after taking a week off i'm just like this show is in no hurry well i mean two weeks the last episode of belgravia was so good what was the bathhouse and we start making moves with you know, LRB and, and the Clara Duke and, closer, and Peter. Yeah. So this episode, we see Clara goes back to the studio and who's coming down the stairs, Doc LRB. And right. she's crying to him. 
and she just says, I feel like I'm losing him, my man. Yeah. And LRB's like, you know, he's like, well, is this my time? Right. He, he, well, he's trying to be respectful, I think, in the moment. But he's also a little frustrated because he knows he can't do more to help her because of the situation. And he's upset that this is the... T- she's not saying, like, Fred is being an a-hole to me. Let's go mm-hmm. knock boots in your studio apartment. Yeah. Well, she goes upstairs to get painted, though. Or no, no. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, she we continue the painting. Well, we see Emily taking a walk down the street. Right. It's not clear to me if it's the same painting or or is she? Where does she bump into Ellerby? Is it on I the feel way like to the... she's. I think she's on her way to the studio, but we don't know overtly what she's doing. I think she just hangs out there at this point. Yeah, home away from home, but because the, the and she goes without da- but she goes without Davison. She makes sure that yeah. she leaves Davison. Mm-hmm. So then oh, Emily yeah. is walking down the street, and she turns a corner, and she looks in a window, and there, you know, not wearing a ball gown or something elegant. It's not a minor likeness. It is Clara, Aphrodite. Yeah. She- the angel in the centerfold right there. <laughs> like, uh, Emily's blood is running cold. She even makes a, a note right earlier in this episode, too, that, like, I haven't seen my sister in forever. She ain't coming through here, Ma. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, she finds her on this spread here, uh, uh, on this portrait in the window. And it is funny. It, as unmistakable as it is that it's Clara, that is a bad painting. That is a terrible painting. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. That is not good art at all. <laughs> I mean, maybe Marion... Uh... Marion Brooke from the Gilded Age was her teach was the was Dearden's art teacher. Yeah, but you're telling me this is the stuff that has uh, her enamored at the time. But like, I I feel like that makes sense because she's a she's a dope. She doesn't know any better. I don't mean she's a dope true. like she's stupid, but she's she's ignorant to culture. You know, yeah. she's easily appealed to, and I think if we if we assume they're preying on her in some capacity, then that's. That's all we're doing. Yeah, because the paintings of the time, the work of the time, is it just, yeah, it, it, it doesn't measure up. That's, that's some bad work on his part. Mm-hmm. And that's how the episode ends. Yeah. I mean, you had Claude Monet working around that time. <laughs> Get out of here, Dreary. Like, come yeah, on, dude. dude. Who do you think you are? Yeah. So, anyways, that's this week on Belgravia. It's we, we still got three more chapters of this next chapter. Mm-hmm. It's got to pick up. It's it, they have such short uh, runway left to go. So yeah, we need to. Well, I mean, this are we going to complicate Peter even more, or are the Duke and the Duchess sort of going to be positive background characters for the remainder of the series? I, I think by the end of it, Peter's having full conversations with people. He's a figure. He's part of the plot. <laughs> He's deeply involved. All it was was that he just needed some sun. That that's it. He had a vitamin D efficient the deficiency, and so he's all all fixed. It, it's so strange too because it does show that like oh maybe Ellerby can do his job. He's also just a guy who likes to home wreck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm curious how they're gonna settle him. Yeah, I don't know, but this week okay episode. Yeah. Some high highs, but a lot of middling middles. Yeah. All right. So we have power rankings, don't we? Mm-hmm. You want to get us started this week going down? Yeah. Uh, so just start off going down. I got Emily at number three. This woman mm-hmm. is going up the wrong tree here. She is asking the questions she shouldn't be asking. It's just bad looks for her all around. James doesn't want anything to do with her, and that's the only thing that's got her hanging on. Not good. That is a tough... I, I considered she was on the tip of my, you know, on my pen as I was writing it down, but mm-hmm. number three, I went for Davison. This lady is... She's put in a position she does not want to be in. Yeah. She and she, she can't... She tries her, her, you know, most professional way to tell Clara, like, get out of there. Stop doing this. Like, you don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. Clara's like, shut up. Yeah. And I I, she, I agree. Davison was on, on my French uh, bottom three because mm-hmm. she's just miserable in her job there. <laughs> what was I hired for? Yeah, uh, I might. No respect. Nope. 
Well, number two going down, I got James. This guy is getting yep, hustled. Me too. <laughs> cornered. There's nothing he can do about it. And another trip to the bathhouse won't solve anything. Uh, yeah, just when he thinks he's safe, he gets pulled right back in. More money. Yep. Yep. Poor guy. Number one going down, it's Frederick. This guy. Got oh, yeah. This is this is a rough week for Frederick because he's getting played. Yeah. By the Marquis. He's getting played, but and he's a and by his wife. He he's emotionally unwell. You know, like he has yet to resolve these issues with his brother and his father. And the the show does such a good job of capturing how poor of a state that he's in. Just these long shots of his face, just looking lost. <laughs> yeah. Now, part of he's me thinks that that could have something to do with the fact that Benjamin Wainwright is not a leading man. That that's possible. But <laughs> that he does just kind of stare. Stare off into into nothingness a lot. Yeah. Well, Dave, who do we have going up? Well, number three, you know, this is kind of a, a villain's week, if you will. I got Dr. Ellerby. This guy, okay. yeah. he's getting what he... On top of the fact that he has successfully gotten the Duke to agree to his terms for Peter, he's got Clara wrapped around his little finger. Yeah. She's crying at the poems. She keeps coming back for more uh, painting and whatnot. And at the end of the episode, we don't know like if if we don't know if his interest in her is is like he wants to be with her, or mm-hmm. he's just like horned up, or he wants to squeeze her for money. But whatever it is, it seems to be leaning in his favor as well as yeah. his medical success with with the uh, Peter. All so, valid. That's why well, I put him there. Number three going up, I got Miss Rochester. She, uh, her kid's all right. The kid might just end up being all right, and she's happy. And she did say she's, she did say she's the happiest she's ever been in her life. And she made uh, Clara uh, jealous. You almost wonder will Clara bump into the Duke and stir some more stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Well, number two, I got Clara. Okay, you know she's kind of going back and forth with her husband, but. She is in complete control of her social life. She's, she's also making miserable, these, man. <laughs> uh, she's miserable, but she's coping. And you can't say that she's not taking the ball and going with it. Like she, in in her head, she's driven by sort of anger and spite, but she's not doing nothing about it. She's going mm-hmm. out to hang out with the beatniks. She's getting painted. She's yeah. going. She's telling Davison, "Stay home. I'm doing things my way." And she has yet to see the negative repercussions of this. She's yep. just out here living. All right. Come see Kinsaw. Whatever. Uh, she's not on my upper list. Uh, number two, I got the Marquise. Uh-huh. Because she's got these... She's pitting Frederick and Clara against each other, looking to, to wreck a, a marriage harder than, than Ella Uh Don't know what her deal is yet, but she has a successful ball. And, uh, yeah, she's she's got the... She's the power mover. Well, that's why I got her at number one. This is okay. She's the big bad. She got Napoleon yeah. coming over. <laughs> Not Napoleon himself, but sure, some French army guy. Doesn't matter. Ain't Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. She's all. I mean, it's like she. When this starts, you can see that she's this mysterious woman who's progressive and has all these men in the mm-hmm. palm of her hand, and then you see she's also just playing dirty social games and winning. Yeah. And how do you deny her? <laughs> you almost wonder too is it the old like Julian he hates the French so we have to make her evil because <laughs> uh-huh. you know it's not uh, of Julian yeah, like he didn't, production Julian's like I'm executive producer here let me come in here and just like muck things up a little bit <laughs> with this French yeah. character and then I'll leave I gotta go do Gilded Age and Downton Abbey season 7 right we, we just don't we can't have people liking the French That that's the important thing no no uh, well number one going up for me though is LRB this is the guy though who got to see a woman with her uh, whole thing off, or what should we call it? The corset. No corset. She, she, she took it off. He had people reading out, eating out of the palms of his hands with him reading poetry. Uh, he left a book and a note for her. He is winning this game. He 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 has gotten inside Clara's head, uh, which is crazy. He came. He's come a long way from giving her the ick to like being someone she can't shake. Uh, to the point yeah. where she's shaking off Davison. Like. Uh, I still haven't figured out what the Marquise is doing, but I know what LRB is doing, and what the LRB is doing is entire—it's entirely working. It's—it's it's going, it's moving ahead. Yeah. 
So we'll see if he closes the deal with her. But I'm that's where I'm very curious. I, I I'm very curious. Yeah, that's the one thing Dave. about this show is it does have me curious. I want to know what's going to happen next. <laughs> well, I need to know what happens yet because it just feels like so much is unresolved and it doesn't feel like it's in any rush to get anywhere. So I need uh-huh. something. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just hanging. Uh, we got three more weeks to get there. We'll get there. In, in March. It is crazy that show started in January and we're it's going to take us well into March. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Dave, you been watching anything else? Well, I'm not six episodes deep, but I am a handful of episodes into Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. Season six. That's really the how one I, thing I've been watching. We're still in the pods save? for me. Okay. I think th- I think I did three or four. Okay. As soon so as we we're done here, I'm putting on the next one. One and a half speed on your phone it is a life changer. Th- those pod episodes are interminable. They go on forever. <laughs> I don't uh, mind them. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about that one Matthew guy. He is. He what a strange. Oh man. man. What a fun reality TV character. Walking so out people, on people, yeah. For people who haven't seen this show, it, you know, there people can't see each other physically. They have to be in these pods where they get to know each other, and then they, in order to meet each other, they have to agree to be married. Uh, mm-hmm. This one guy, who I don't know what his deal is, he he literally gives some women like two minutes and then just walks out the door if he's not oh, yeah. feeling what they're putting down. It's great. It's great. It's 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 really despicable, but it's also great TV. Yeah. And he just kind of uh, does a, I don't know, Marquise type of thing where he tells two women that he's the same exact words of how much he's into them and sees himself marrying them. And then when he gets called out on it, he just disappears. Mm-hmm. Well, he tries <laughs> to TV save it with one of them. And then when she's like, no, no, no. He's like, bye. What a, what a clown. Why, why do you go on these shows to just make yourself look like a fool in front of everyone? Unless you're that lack you well, that's that's, that's much self-awareness. It really is a... Uh, a tale of two shows because you could do a whole show where like they're in the pods the whole time and then we see them like see each other and then it's like see you next season on now (laughs) they're gonna get married like you could milk the pods for more but they they burn through them oh yeah dave did you ever finish love is blind japan yeah oh you did Uh uh-huh what what'd you think of it it was it was fine i didn't love it i mean the the last episode is very I like I didn't even finish the last episode because it was like almost too calm <laughs> well I mean they just like just start dropping like flies like right wasn't it like a eight or nine couples or something like that and by the end of it that, it's like two <laughs> that's the one thing I liked about the show though is it showed you understood exactly why these couples were breaking up whereas uh-huh. here it's like in an American version they're just fighting and it's like they're clearly not meant to be but that those were actual like relationships that were just failing <laughs> uh-huh uh and but it shows though, like the couples that lasted, they both have had kids already. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, both the the couples literally had a kid within a year <laughs> of the show. Uh, and uh, there was another pairing. The, the um, you know Shantaro, the older man who uh-huh. <laughs> who didn't even make it to the altar. The, the young lady left him there <laughs> in the chain. Well, he room. left her. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I follow his Instagram now. He just posts food. That, that's all he does. He has a, well, that's what he talks about on the show. He's like, I have to take my pictures of my food. Yeah, he's got money. Uh, but the woman who was planning to, to marry him, spoilers for Love is Blind Japan if people haven't watched. It's a good show. But the one the one who was leaving him, uh, who left him, she went with the guy who was losing his hair. <laughs> oh, the like doctor guy? Yeah, who wanted like a housewife. And, you know, her who was just looking for a guy with money to take care of her, it's like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So it worked out for them too, and they're they're together, getting they're engaged too. So exciting. Well, I'm excited yeah. for more Love Is Blind. I'm as soon as we're done with this, I'm gonna put it on. Yeah. Uh, it's back. I'm I'm glad that there's something to burn through right now, and yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> okay. Well. We will catch you next time on the pod. You know where to find us. On our Patreon, Dave just uploaded my uh, fan fiction, uh, uh, that Downton Abbey-based fan fiction. Uh, mm-hmm. Give it all a listen if you haven't yet. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon. You can find us uh, on any podcast website that you go to, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere. Uh, leave us five-star rating review if you so choose. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere that, that 
you can get in contact with us, lordsgrantham at gmail.com. And we have a Podbean website of all our episodes, and we'll catch you next time on the pod. Yeah.